ปทัสสะภะคะวะโตอะระหะโตสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะอะปารุธาเดสังมัตสะทาวราเยสุรวันธาบะมุนจันทุสดังเ
respond to that word because uh, like any words that we use, they have, we, we oftentimes have very uh, fixed views. And so some people see meditation as in just very formal kind of ways of sitting, the sitting practice or walking uh, meditation practice. But it really means learning to understand the nature of the mind, kind of mental, uh, regarding our mentality, the experience of consciousness, uh, of sensory uh, impingement, of uh, planetary life, and a planetary body, a human body, a sensory body, uh, and consciousness all with with us all the time. Now, when we when we think about numb in terms of formal dhamma teaching, sometimes we forget this. We we get abstracted into ideas, you know, our views about dhamma and uh, definitions and perceptions that we hold, and we don't we we. Sometimes we don't trust our own direct awareness and intuitive sense in regards to what's right, obvious right with us all the time. So we, we find it because we're so educated to, to think and to perceive uh, in cultural patterns and conditions that uh, we, we tend to trust views and opinions or ideas, definitions, uh, doctrines, teachings, and all this much more than we trust our own intuitive sense. So during this retreat, an encouragement to learning to trust your own intuitive intelligence, which isn't, which you can't define it, you can't find it uh, as something that, uh, you know, that you can, uh, See as an object. You can't perceive it. You, it's the simple act of being um, aware. And then, how do you be aware? <laughs> and uh, we have to describe how to be aware. But it's not you know, with all the descriptions and and clever ways of of expressing uh, views about awareness. That still is not it, is it? It's, uh, it's your own willingness and uh, to trust in a direct knowing the present, the Pachubana Dhamma here and now, the way it is. During this retreat, also the the, the word retreat used to it brings up various. Perceptions of meditation retreat means, you know, absolute silence, uh, uh, control of everything, uh, trying to, uh, you know, keep, keep all the, the noisy things out and, and really develop samadhi and got to get something. You've got three months now to really get something and, and you've got to practice hard. Uh, you've got to really you know, work hard at your meditation. That's one way of looking at it. Seeing it as more like a, a, 
a, an ordeal that you're being, that you're engaged in, which you have to, to really, uh, tough it out in some way and, uh, control everything. Try to, to keep, uh, anything that is, uh, worldly, annoying, tempting, uh, obnoxious, disgusting, or unwanted away. So that's the the control mode of like retreat. That's how we used to give them. In fact, remember uh, ten years ago or so, I gave one of the last retreats I gave with that with this with this uh, really hard line theme uh, was uh, was a disaster. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, I was impressed by how willing people were, were committed to doing it, but, but at the end of the day, I didn't find much wisdom coming out of it for anyone, because it's uh, more like, like a, you know, just forcing yourself, uh, making yourself do something, uh, an, a, you know, enormous efforts and, and uh, discipline and so forth that that went into it, but the result was not very good. And so then the the word winter retreat became almost you know for some people like oh my God another winter retreat, and just the word winter retreat became a you start contracting with fear. You think, oh, I don't know if I can take another winter retreat. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the, your experience is the total misery that that is relieved at the end of it. You, you do get a good sense of relief, like hitting your head on a brick wall. You know, it's so nice with the feeling that when you stop hitting your head, it feels good. But is that the the way? <laughs> Is that, you know, is that a skillful way to, to, uh, to live our lives? Then the, then the, uh, idea of trusting yourself, this I, I've been emphasizing over and over because I, I realize that that's, that's the thing that we most lack is because of the, uh, because most of us come from from very kind of worldly backgrounds or uh, materialistic cultures and we uh, societies that that we see things in uh, in a certain way and we conceive ourselves or perceive ourselves endlessly on in terms of personality or character uh, we we love to have we love to have types, uh, you know, identify with the different, uh, perceptions, views. And many, uh, many of us have, see ourselves through our faults. There's a tendency very strongly to see yourself through what you think is wrong with you. To, to see yourself as weak or not good enough or unworthy or not pure enough or selfish or inadequate in some way. <clears throat> 
So as long as we we operate from these kind of uh, perceptions of self, then of course we, you know, we we can't prove, you know, make a through strong determination and and hard discipline, we can maybe get a, a kind of more sense of I'm I can take it, I'm can endure, and I'm better than I think I am. But still, the basic delusion is there. The, the whole attitude of a self that's never questioned, but only uh, is our basis, our modus operandi for for experience. Lung Po Cha used to always describe meditation as a, a holiday for the heart. And so uh, he's a, this is a, my translation of of the Thai, Pakpon Tang Jit Jai. And, uh, uh, holiday for the heart. And so, uh, but the way I used to hold the meditation when I was in my early days with Lung Po Cha <laughs> was anything but a holiday. <laughs> it was, it was an ordeal. You know, I really prove myself, drive myself, force myself. <clears throat> So what does it mean, holiday of the heart? Does it mean this is not a holiday? This is <laughs> so then a holiday or whatever is a you know as I say when we think of the word holiday, it's a it's a, a resting, a relaxing. Pakpon in Thai, you'd like to relax, take it easy. Uh, a heart's a relaxed heart, a sense of being at ease. Of trust and and being at ease rather than uh, the hard line of I've got to get something I've got to get rid of something. <clears throat> I mean I've got to get samadhi. My samadhi is lousy. I've got to get better samadhi, or I've uh, I've got to be more mindful. Even I've got to. Um, Purify myself. I've got too many impurities and I've got to get rid of the impurities. So even the, the Dhamma teachings we can hold in a very stiff way that just intimidate us. You know, the sense of I'm impure and I've got to m- make myself pure through hard work, through discipline, through striving, through struggling, uh, is, uh, is very much, uh, you know, the way we, we tend to view our lives. I'm, my impurities are me, and uh, because of these impurities, I've got to do something about them to try to make myself pure. Or just the word enlightenment. Some people don't even like the word, or liberation, or nibbana, or the the words that we use for a reality for ultimate realization can be, uh, you know, can be, we can feel so separated, so distant from that reality. And especially if you see yourself in that, with that self-view. So, you know, I can, I can't see how I as a personality can ever be pure, personally. <laughs> personally speaking. It, uh, it just, uh, you know, I can, I can think pure thoughts 
and uh, and hold on to ideals of purity, but then I can't sustain it. I can't, you know, I can, you know, maybe even convince myself I'm purified, but it, I can't hold it. It doesn't, it's not something that, that I can rest in, that I can totally trust just by, by making myself, by controlling my mind and making myself into what I think is purity. So in this, uh, resting, the sense of relaxing, taking it easy for this retreat. Doesn't mean that, then you think, oh, what do you mean? We're not going to have any discipline. Or, we've got to hold it together. We've got to control. People can't talk. We've got to, you know, we've got to do something because the, the, uh, thinking mind then feels that if we, if we lose control, if we just relax, we'll all just sleep through the whole three months. <laughs> sleep and eat. Because uh, taking it easy sometimes, uh, relaxing, that's what we think is relaxing, is just kind of, uh, you know, lying about, doing whatever we feel like. But there is a form of this retreat, and, and it's, uh, and we refer in a tradition, we monastic tradition, Dhamma Vinaya, so, these are, you know, we can, how do we hold these? You know, are they intimidating perceptions that we use to, to you know, or do we, do we grasp them and, 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 uh, conceive them and then, uh, then personally measure ourselves according to ideals that we get from reading the Dhammavinya? So as long as you keep thinking about it and and, and keep uh, defining yourself in with adjectives and so forth, then uh, you're bound to that level of you know how do you get beyond it? Because that that realm is is uh, it, you know it just goes around and around. They call it samsara. You know it just one thing connects to another and it just goes around and around until it drives you crazy. So as a person, as a personality, doesn't mean I, 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 I have no personality, but to what is that which is aware, the awakened state, naturally awakenness, Awareness, intuitive awareness is very natural to us. It's not a state you create through controlling or holding on to anything. So like Pakpon Tang Jitjai or Holiday for the Heart isn't, isn't, uh, you know, striving, forcing, controlling Manipulating, holding on. But to me, it's like just an act of trust, of relief, of just letting the burden go. Whatever you think you are, or your views about winter retreat, or Amravati, or about me, or anyone else. 
We're not, we're not denying or defending any of this, but this is not the point the, to, to keep trying to, to figure out everything on that level, but to trust in this natural state, an alertness, attentiveness in the present. So like right now, all of us are conscious entities. This is the experience of consciousness. So then the, and consciousness is, is a natural state. We don't create consciousness. It's, it's natural to this realm, to the, the state we're in. So it's not a personal, uh, attribute. You say, my, my consciousness, Ajahn Tomato's consciousness, things like this. Consciousness is not, has no personal quality. Doesn't belong to, to anyone. And you can't, you know, it's not, not red or blue or, or even Buddhist. Then it's natural to this state we're in. Being born in this realm is the experience of consciousness. And yet we can be conscious and not aware. So, you know, as we get conditioned, then we, we, we lose that perspective, our discerning ability to see things as they are, because we, we, we create illusions that we hold on to that affect our conscious experience and then we experience life through those delusions. So I want to say on a personal level, if I'm if I attach to to myself, if I never break down, crack that delusion of I am this body, this person here, then I then how I interpret everything, all experience is a highly personal interpretation. Me and mine and what I think and feel and my emotions, my thoughts, my body is the, is the way I interpret uh, conscious experience through this illusion of a self. Then the Buddha encouraged it, said, wake up and see the way it really is. So this, this sense of awakenness, you know, it's, you can't, you can't, it, it isn't dependent on conditions. It's, it's, it's a merely, we forget it when we get lost in our delusions. And so even though we're, we're all equally conscious, that consciousness easily gets distorted through the way we perceive. And that's why there's so many crazy things in the world. People doing so many uh, horrible things. You, read, you hear the news or read the newspapers, and there's endless kind of strife and struggle and and fear and and uh, corruption and selfishness and stupidity that seems to be everywhere. <clears throat> Uh, 
And people can, can, you know, you can get really distorted through being just so totally obsessed with, with some maybe horrible perception. And seeing everything is evil, and then you can get into annihilation, you've got to destroy the world, or uh, what's happening in, in India and Pakistan right now, just the way, uh, say, one country perceives another. You know, just the, the thing. Seeing the Pakistanis and the Indians uh, you know, through these distorted perceptions, and then that leads to can lead to a nuclear holocaust easily. You know, if we we just go along with that perception. We are committed to it. We can justify. It. We can prove it. We can give all kinds of justifications for even the most atrocious act. So you can't trust that your perceptual conditioning, your you know your way you think and and emotional habits. But what can you trust right now, here and now? Is in awareness. This is the only thing to take refuge in. And it's natural. It's not like you, you, you know, if you think I've got to get jhanas in order to get it, then you're stuck with that view. You know, I'm, I'm somebody that is heedless without good concentration. And, and in order to really, to realize nibbana, I've got to get a lot of concentration in order to do vipassana, insight meditation. And, and that, then reinforces this sense of I am somebody who doesn't have something, who's got to get something. And that's the, the Sakayaditi or personality view that, that is so convincing and, and real for most, most of us. But not that these things are even wrong, you know, the views or they may even be wrong or it's just the way we grasp them out of ignorance, out of lack of awareness through habit and through, through, uh, starting always from the self view. I've got to get something I don't have. I've got to get rid of things that I have that are impure. I've got to become enlightened in the future. I've got to practice hard in order to become and attain. So we grasp that and then what happens? No matter how hard you try, you end up, you know, feeling despair because uh, it's like, you know, you're trying to get, you're trying to get hold of something and even if you get something, you're going to lose it. You know, so if you gain through discipline and concentration practices some, some kind of blissful state that seems very pure, because of the basic delusion has never been seen through, then, then you feel a great sense of loss when the conditions don't support such, uh, such, uh, say, high levels of concentration. So we can get very, you know, 
obsessed with controlling, trying to keep out noises and distractions and threatening uh, experiences because it makes us lose our concentration. It upsets me. I get feel shattered and and uh, by by the the disruptive conditions and. And, uh, and uh, here I've been, I just got it, I got my samadhi, and then suddenly somebody comes in and says something, and I get really upset. It's their fault then. So then we blame, <laughs> we can blame, you know, the people at, or the, the condition. <clears throat> so contemplating or reflecting on this, that, that, uh, Starting from an enlightened position of just awareness, rather than thinking of attaining some idealized state of enlightenment, and if we if we if we create enlightenment as something we don't have that we've got to get, then then that then then we we we. Whatever we do, we're trying to attain something we've already preconceived rather than trusting in, uh, in, in the natural state. A natural state is enlightened. So it's not like asking, asking you to attain something you don't have or that any of you here are so, you know, you know, don't have it and some do. Because then that's back into that realm again of me and you and, and, uh, quantities, qualities, the conditioned realm. So this is why during this retreat, this encouragement to trust more. This sada or Pollywood sata is it's a very simple thing of trusting. And when I say trusting yourself, I don't mean your personality, because your personality can say all kinds of things and, and go all over the place. So you can't trust your, your views, opinions, emotions, but what can you trust in this moment? And then the, for me, the, this, this is the, this awareness sense of Openness, receptivity. Very simple, very natural. Then you say, well, you enlightened Ajahn Smeto. <laughs> but that's not the point, is it? That's a pointless question. But in terms of practice, in trusting, this uh, this is a uh, this is a natural state of purity, enlightenment that isn't personal. As soon as I claim it, it's some kind of personal attainment. That's very misleading. And that it, it's uh, then it goes it goes back into that mode of I I've attained something through my many years of monastic life and practice and. I've achieved and attained something. And, and then that makes you feel, well, you know, I'm just a, a new Anagari car and I, I'm, I'm all over the place and I don't know what. 
Ajahn Sumedho, well, he's been a monk all these years, over 35 years now. And uh, So then you start perceiving yourself as someone uh, who ha- who hasn't, who who's impure, who has, who's not enlightened, and perceiving, maybe perceiving me as somebody who is. But that's not the point, is it? It's the 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 reality is here and now. It's not a personal attainment. It's nothing to do with 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 uh, how many years you've been a monk or a nun or whatever. It's how much trust you put in this moment to just receive this moment as is in all its aspects. So like an intuitive moment embraces, you know, it includes everything. When you start thinking, then you're, then you divide everything. The thought process is divisive. And uh, that's its very nature. It can't help it. It's just the way thinking operates. Uh, you can only have one thought at a time. And then, you know, so you, you can't you have to think this thought which connects to another it goes, well, you know, in tandem. So you have, you know, you, you have one thought moment, another, another, another. So when you, when you conceive yourself through thought, through definition, through perception, then you, you are binding yourself to, to the limit, to that limitation of always feeling separate, divided. And that very sense of separation and division is dukkha, is the suffering of the first noble truth. Because to be, feel separate, you know, even just that simple, even when you're feeling good and separate, not when you're feeling depressed and separate, you're feeling good, even that, if you, if you know, I notice even, even when I'm happy, there's still, and, and I'm attached to that kind of happiness, there's, there's something still unsettling about it, unsatisfying. Until I trust again in the awareness of it. So, an intuitive moment, then, here and now, Pachubana Dhamma, is very simple, very natural. That we can only recognize through trust. And that trust is, even if you're all uptight, tense, just open to that. Allow things to be what they are. You know, not even to think, I have to learn how to relax in order to trust. Then you get, it's all complicated again. So if you're all tense, painful, um, frightened, whatever, and then, then you assume you've got to, you've got to make yourself fearless and relaxed, then, then it becomes complicated, doesn't it? So, allow things to be tense, uptight, frightened is like this. In the, in an embracing, that welcoming sense of allowing things to be, the condition realm to be what those conditions are. 
it's not not up to me to to try to refine the conditions and then manipulate them and and control them. But I, know, I have this sense of that's not it where it's at. I don't have to strive to try to get rid of this or change that or get hold of something. But the sense of relief of of patpon tang jai of holiday for the heart. So I'm not just going to fall into a heap and fall asleep on the floor or not be able to attend the morning puja or anything <laughs> because I'm so relaxed. <laughs> I, the, the, the intuitive moment includes the conditions and the, and the conventions that we use. So they're not, there's not, not an attack on the, on tradition or convention. Or on formal meditation practices, or on meditation techniques, or anything like that. I'm not putting down jhanas or or meditation uh, techniques that you've learned. It's something to, that you should just throw them out, or they're all a bunch of rubbish. It's learning to trust in what is normal and natural, which allows then the conditions. To, to not dominate our conscious experience. We're not overwhelmed or, or obsessed with the, with the quality of the conditions that we might be experiencing because our relationship to them is one of embracing, welcoming, an intuitive acceptance rather than a critical, uh, analysis of them. During this retreat, also, see, it's like, like, uh, I see my role in this retreat as, as someone to encourage rather than to teach you. Because this, uh, you know, they see me as a teacher, then, then you might even grasp what I say or whatever, and then, then you, 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 you try to, to, uh, meditate according to, the Ajahn Sumato technique or something like that. <laughs> and that's not what I encourage. It's not a mental state that I want to encourage because what I'm encouraging you to do is, is a kind of imminent act of trust. There's a lot of fear in this realm that we live in. This planet Earth and this universe is very frightening to us. So, and, and, and being in a community, living with other people and, and, uh, the, you know, we, brings a lot of anxiety or fear into the mind. Recognize it, that, that this is a, a frightening realm in the terms of the conditioned quality of it. Much of its survival of the fittest, isn't it? It's, uh, it's learning to, to, to survive, get by as a creature, get enough food to eat and shelter and protection. 
We've got here in 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 uh, here in Britain. We do. We've got. We can take a lot for granted because uh, it's uh, you know fairly well-run country with conditions that we you know we can easily take that our meal every day for granted. We don't have to go around scrounging for grains of rice just to 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 have an just to survive for another day. Or there appear a lot of, like wild animals or even bandits or um, terrorists. In other parts of the world there's a lot a lot of terrorists. <laughs> so but here, this is, so far, we've been saved from that fear. So trusting then allows, is a way to, to get perspective on fear, rather than trying to get rid of it. Or to control everything that, that make us feel safe. But recognize the ultimate safety is in awareness. And this is... Uh, uh, you know, like in terms of people that court dangerous, uh, activities like, uh, rock climbers or jumping from parachutes or, or doing very, you know, doing very dangerous activities. They're quite popular, you know, to do, to, to court something that is life-threatening. Because, um, in in those situations where where you're physically challenged to uh, where you it is a matter of being aware or not being aware you're aware. If your life's in danger, you're physically threatened by something. You you know there's something in it. The in uh, instinct takes over, and you just you know you don't have time to worry about what somebody thinks of you or anything like this. You're just immediately present to be fully with the, the step where you're going to put your foot next or your hand. <clears throat> because this uh, bodies are very damageable, vulnerable things, so they this is this is the way it is. This realm there's you know, when we think about it a lot and there's a lot to fear in it. But if we think of ourselves that fear is is my problem, then we then we make it more than that, isn't it? We operate from a basic delusion that I'm frightened rather than fear is like this. Or anxiety or discontentment or whatever. So that why we call it a refuge. Buddha Dhamma Sangha is the, the formal sense of refuge. Uh, but this really implies boiling it down to awareness is the refuge. In a safe situation, like now, say, retreat mode, they we don't have a lot of duties and things to occupy us to keep us busy because one way of of getting rid of fear is by distracting ourselves in something else 
You know, so, you know, boredom or, or discontentment or despair or whatever, we, we can distract ourselves by, by doing something or, or getting involved in some activity that we can absorb into. But a retreat, like monastic life, is a, its kind of quality is that it, it gives us a lot of time, space. With nothing to do, but sit or walk, stand or walk, or lie down, to breathe, to be, you know, there's not, so that they, these are kind of, these we don't, you know, we aren't, uh, aware, we tend to ignore the the basic things uh, that are happening to us by involving ourselves, distracting ourselves in various activities. Or if we we give up on that, we just get depressed and just want to drug ourselves out of existence, or or just sleep, or can't operate anymore because we. We, we don't know how to wake up or trust in anything or entrust in awareness. So during this retreat, I shall, this will be my main encouragement. Because it, I, that's what I can do, in how I can, I see in terms of my role in this community, is encourage that. I can't make you. Because that doesn't work, you know. Be, be mindful. <laughs> or command it, or order you to be mindful. Because that gives the wrong message, isn't it? A commanding order uh, intimidates you. You can go back into the self-reaction of, oh God, he's always telling me to be mindful. <laughs> so it needs to come from encouragement uh, for and and to trust. And when you when you see yourself getting into Compulsive habits and fears and and um, meditation habits, even just be, you know, because we even it's easy to fall back into these these uh, habits. Just see it also whenever when you catch yourself when you see suddenly you're you're operating from willfulness or from obsessive compulsive. Uh, tendencies just welcome that the attitude is not to, to even disparage yourself from doing that but the sense of relaxing and letting it be the let compulsiveness be compulsive but your relationship to it then is with awareness and wisdom rather than identity on a personal level
we're all adult people. So, you know, to give the impression that, that you know, to, to give the impression I'm the wise one and you're the, the student or you're just the, you know, this is kind of teacher-student relationship. Contemplate that. If you see yourself always as my student and I see myself as your teacher, then we are, then we get caught in playing that role. And we easily fall into those, the you know, it's easy to, we're used to that. We're always thinking of ourselves as, I'm a teacher or I'm a student and, and, and that identity, uh, you know, cause that's a conventional way of looking at this uh, scene here. But that's not what I'm encouraging is, is for you to be my student and I'm your teacher, but for, uh, to trust in your awareness. Of way you, the way that you you do react when you're put in a conventional role, and I'm in a conventional role. So, in we this encouragement then is is getting to the real teacher. In the Hindu, in the Vedanta, they call it the Satguru or the, the inner teacher, the wisdom that comes to awareness, trust in that, rather than in the words of, uh, that I have, that I speak, or in, in what you read in the scriptures. Now, emotionally, we might feel very threatened by such talk. You know, oh, God, I can't trust anything myself. It's all over the place. And so, that you, you know, we're not used to, you know, we're, we're used to, to the delusions of our society. So it's easier to play the roles than to awaken. And as so many of us come into monasticism, we, we like to play the role. And, and uh, you know, get, Identify strongly with, with our role in the Sangha, with our position, with our seniority, with our duties, with our position, titles. <clears throat> and that's very easy to do because that's how we're conditioned to think and, and interpret experience. We always see ourselves in terms of Monks and nuns, or senior and junior, and lay people, and men and women, and on and on like this. It gets, these, it's so easy to fall back into, into that pattern, because, uh, that's how we're conditioned to think and experience life and interpret our experience. So the trusting then is, is not, is not a personal Refuge. It's not male or female, monk or nun, or lay man or lay woman, or Buddhist or Christian or anything. It's not, not it has no name, and it's here and now, totally natural, 
relax, trusting, and allowing whatever you're feeling physically or emotionally to be what it is. Rather than judging and trying to, to change it in some way through some ideal you have. This encouragement to, to see each other in this way. You know, to, you know, as, uh, Kalyanamita, as, uh, friends, as, as, uh, as human beings that are, are, we're, we're all here for the same reason. And our moral agreements on behavior are this way. So we have the, the, uh, Precepts and the Vinay and so forth. So this is, these are conventional agreements in regards to, to the, um, way we live with each other. <clears throat> on the, on the, in the conventional world. But identity with that also creates enormous division. So, you know, when we identify with with these perceptions, then we we we're back into the samsara again, the realm of suffering. So the convention then is is you know like if you're an anagarika or a lay person or siddhara or bhikkhu, junior, senior, mahatera, telkun or whatever. This is, this is, uh, these are conventional, uh, really conventions that were, that, that are, that are present. Rather than identities that we assume. So in this practice, it's not a matter of how many years and how skilled you are at meditation and, and whether you're, you know, you're all that, led such a good life or not, but how willing you are, how much trust you can, you can have towards this simple act of awareness. Simple Simplicity of relaxing in the present, opening, receiving life as it, as you experience it. Through your senses, through your mind. So then, consciousness is informed through wisdom rather than through ignorance. So the consciousness then, this experience of consciousness is then Something that reflects reality rather than, uh, some, something that, um, separate, something that we can 
claim uh, or divide or measure in any way. So then the, the word panya or wisdom, the panya comes, arises from this awareness. The more we trust it, then, then wisdom is the sadguru that, that, that informs our experience rather than having these opinions about through reading books about wisdom or having wise teachings that you attach to. So in this way, the common the common ground is is awareness consciousness. Now this is this is pointing to the way it is. This isn't some abstract idealism that I'm kind of holding up to you. And this is for you know for you to recognize and begin to really appreciate and treasure and value the, <clears throat> this opportunity of awakening. Of course, emotionally, we're not primed for this. Emotions are, are conditioned through, through habits, through extremities. You know, so that one can feel very threatened or very bored or very restless or very negative about, you know, once, you know, being aware because we, it, the emotional reaction can get very, uh, you know, once you have a level of awareness and peace, and the emotions can start, you know, boring and, Peace is boring, isn't it? They all cry for peace, peaceniks. You know, we want peace and harmony, but then everything's too peaceful and harmonious. It's boring. You know, you're watching these videos. You don't, you don't want to watch a video that's just peaceful and harmonious. <laughs> Sitting there watching an enlightened monk being totally peaceful. Because, uh, you know, emotionally we, we quite, you know, we like the excitement of the, the blockbuster, the action man, the, the, the romance, the adventure. <laughs> Excites and, and, and stimulates. So, and that's emotionally what, you know, what we're primed for is, is that kind of, of, uh, we can refine it, we can develop more refined tastes in the conditioned realm. We're, but, uh, generally speaking, still, we're still left at the end of the day with, uh, with, you know, 
ignorance and suffering. So, the trusting in awareness at first is, the more, the thing is, is as you begin to appreciate it, recognize, or re, it's to realize, these words like realize or recognize. Not that any of you, you don't have it or you can't get it. It's just learning to recognize, pay attention, reflect on the way it is. So in the the morning, uh, I'll do these reflections, these ways of of, uh, encouraging uh, you to uh, trust and to to recognize, realize. Consciousness with awareness. Panya. We have our Vipaka Kama also. So, in you know, that's the 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 way we react to things, and and uh, that are quite individual. You know, so this this is uh, so these things come up when the conditions arise, and this condition appears. You know, so if in the when those conditions cease, then it disappears. So, recognizing this, this we can. We can open with awareness to the karma of this moment, whatever it is, in any personal way. <clears throat> like if I go and ask each one of you how you feel right now, you'll come up with different, you know, different ways of interpreting this moment. The consciousness is the same. Not my consciousness is has L.P. Semedo written on it and is unique to me. But L.P. Semedo is a perception that, that uh, generally I respond to or react to. <laughs> or me sitting on the high seat here, you know, being the master, the meditation teacher and so forth is... Uh, you know, the... Uh, this is this is the 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 conventional position, the the vipaka gum of my life. And then I'm on the high seat. <laughs> but then, if I identify it with, uh, you know, in terms of I'm LP Samedo meditation master and all that and you're you're my students but well, that's coming out of attachment to to the to the convention but if I no longer interested in that convention you know I'm willing to the Vipaka Kama is like this this role this position I'm in is due to the Kama so then it's not, it's not taken as some kind of personal, uh, acquisition or, or way of holding myself, but 
recognizing it for what it really is. And then each one of you with your different feelings, emotional reactions, physical uh, conditions, whatever they might be. This is the Vipaka Kama. So our relationship to it now is is welcoming, accepting, opening to the Vipaka Kama rather than identifying, trying to control it, get rid of it if you don't like it, trying to hold on to it if you like it. So then, the meditation, it is this simple act of, of faith, open awareness, attention, attention, using the conditions that are obvious, the body, the breath, the sensations, being able to, even your emotional state, or Sound of silence, the space in the temple, the space, the silence. These are all here and now. And even when you leave the temple, there's still space wherever you go. Even if you're in a little room, there's space in the room. And space, the room is in the space. So we're, we're, our our way of opening includes it's an inclusive rather than an excluding one. So in we, when we trust in this, then we, we begin to notice things as they are. So we can investigate the body or the, contemplate the breath or whatever. But it's in, but it's coming from, uh, no longer from some kind of personal attitude about it, or identity, but using the way it is, willing to allow and let the this moment be the way it is, physically, mentally, emotionally. And trusting that. And even your, you know, the desire to change it or struggle, you know, what allow even the struggle to be the way it is or the the boredom or the despair or, or the uh, uh, compulsive sense of uh, the compulsive willful habits that we we bring to meditation I'm not trying to get rid of them and say you shouldn't you shouldn't have compulsive uh, you shouldn't be willful and give you give you suggestions like that but Recognizing that, that this kind of compulsive need to do something is like this. The way it is. So, that's, uh, I hope that this evening's Reflection will benefit you, and uh, so that you you know this this seems to be a very auspicious winter's retreat, and a fine group of monks and nuns here, and 
Anagarikas, Anagarikas, and wonderful lay support, and on and on like this, there's, uh, you know, the, the feels very good. I feel very, I feel very good, very happy to be, uh, able to be with you at this time. So this evening is, even though it's uh, one part, we're not. Uh, I'm not encouraging you to sit up till midnight, but because I'd like to start at five in the morning, uh, as usual, and uh, then uh, during this time to to uh, just see, recognize how you do hold this. Uh, whatever way, you know, positive or negatively is not the, not the issue. But you're trusting in your, in, in, in your ability to open to it and, and recognize, realize the way it is. And accept the conditions that you're experiencing as they are rather than struggling against them. Thing I should. Oh yeah, yes. So we can uh, say start at eight thirty after breakfast. There's puja at five, and then. Then during this time also, you know, in terms of silence and, uh, you know, the way we can hold noble silence can be real tyrannical form of tyranny. So, you know, I've been on retreats where people go around checking on you and shh, you're not supposed to talk. That kind of thing, and this is, you know, where this is, this I find uh, is like treating you like a bunch of school children, and uh, so, so it's you know the way we hold the idea of noble silence, and can be, you know, just a, you know, um, don't you. Those people are talking, they shouldn't, we can get ourselves into a real twist around that. To recognize that, that the silence is, is, you know, this is, this is encouraged, it's a noble silence and not a tyrannical one, or an obsessive grasping of silence. So, and we're all taking responsibility for, for how we live in this community, you know, you're, so I trust you all to to use the satipanya rather than than uh, you know have a police force going around trying to to keep everyone in control and that this this is this is something when we I find you know if, if I'm trusted and treated as an adult I tend to rise up to that level 
And if I, somebody starts browbeating me and telling me and, and trying to control me, I tend to sink into that <laughs> level. So, you know, the, the life in the Sangha is, is, uh, you know, it's, it's for, uh, it's a beautiful life in which we're, we're taking responsibility for our lives, for how we live, for what we say and do. And so we, we, to, to trust each other, to have this sense of trust and respect rather than endless demands on how we should behave and what we should or shouldn't do. And to me, this, this is, you know, resonates as something then we, I find, you know, people rise up when they, when they're, when they're encouraged to. And in ways that even surprise, you're used to being, you know, ordered about and controlled, uh, then we, you know, sometimes we feel safe when there's a strong, you know, teacher who's, who really, you know, has his eyes on everybody and checking them out all the time and, and, uh, and gets around to seeing, seeing what's going on in the common room. And the nuns behind, what, what are they doing over there? And, uh, what a kind of, uh, intercom or kind of a, this tape, you know, to see if they're talking about things they shouldn't or have a spy system set up. We can have meetings in the after breakfast and say who's, you know, who should we, who's, who's the loose cannon in this community? <laughs> who have we got to put in their place, discipline, tie down, lock up? But the uh, police state, <laughs> but recognize the beauty of our life is uh, is uh, this encouragement or the of awareness, wisdom that we we can never fully uh, recognize if we're always treated as if we're little children and irresponsible and need need to be controlled. 